0: Welcome back to Get Outside with Kids, the podcast where we're hopefully inspiring you to spend more time outside with your little ones. And this week, as we head into officially summer this week, as we're hitting record this episode, we wanted to share some of our favorite things, summer editions, and some of the stories that go with them about why these things have become so crucial as we plan our summer outings.
1: We find that one of the things that helps us to get outside with our kids is to have our gear ready to go. And so that means that we have like we we're both kind of talking about it and comparing notes. We have that kind of like day pack that has some things that we never take out of it. And it was quite funny because today Jen and I were out at a little hike with our kids and there's a lot of geese at the particular lake that we're at, Canada geese, and which I think are possibly the most unimaginatively named bird in Canada, Canada geese. Um, But there's so many of them and there's feathers absolutely everywhere. And our kids were fascinated by them. Wow, look at these. They're picking up a big handful of them. And I had a flashback to when my sister, who is a wildlife veterinarian in Australia, told me about some of the incredibly nasty diseases that you can pick up from birds that are frankly disgusting. Uh, She was like, you know, when my kids were doing this in Australia, she was like, oh, great. Do you want your kids to get salmonella? I was like, oh, I mean, feathers are beautiful and wonderful, but we don't necessarily want to be eating right away after handling those goose feathers. So we realized pretty quickly before they had their snack that we needed... What do we need to give them, Jim? We need to pull out the hand sanitizer from the bottom of the backpack.
0: And sanitizer. And, and I didn't have all in my backpack. But luckily you did. And I was very grateful because that is definitely a staple in our backpack, certainly the last three years. Um, and it's something we just keep there all the time because let's be honest, kids pick up gross things on the trails on a regular basis
1: gross things. And like, this is a kind of, it's not not even related to COVID. It's just like, yeah, we don't want anyone to have salmonella. That'd be kind of gross. Um, So yeah, these are the kind of things that are in our backpack all the time. Hand sanitizer, you know, since COVID feels maybe it kind of feels obvious, but some of the other things we're going to run through here, maybe you have not thought about, and maybe it's a good reminder of something you can pop into your backpack and have in there all the time. And we're also going to go over uh, the things that you really don't need for summer, because we know how marketing works. We know how Instagram works. We know that there's something listening to us right now, Jen, that's going to send us a targeted ad afterwards being like, here's that thing you need. But you don't need that much stuff. You can keep it really simple, particularly in the summer.
0: Yeah, I actually like summer for that because, I mean, arguably in the winter, like if you have cold cold, wet kids, it's kind of hard to go back on that. Um, And in summer, we're lucky that we need a lot less layers to get outside, but you still need some of the essentials as we know kids can go wrong. Uh, So kicking off our summer list and kind of things that are in our backpack all the time. I mean, the most obvious one is probably sunscreen, sun cream, whatever kind of variety that you like. Um, We usually have, I'd almost say like a mini one that's in there year round. And then if we're going out for a day or a big day out, then a much fuller bottle that then will go in for that hike.
1: Yeah. The other things that we have in there, you know, you think of how filthy and disgusting our kids are. Even I thought we probably wouldn't need wipes anymore. You know, I think I actually gave you some wipes once. We've got too many of these. We don't have the kids in diapers or nappies anymore, but we still keep a, a small, like a quarter pack of wipes in there because, you know, you're a parent. When you need them, you really need them. The other thing that we have in alongside the wipes is what we had talked about in our Epic Files episode from a few weeks back, a plastic Ziploc bag. That can be, you can actually go and buy Ziploc bags and spend money on them, or you can be like me, a little bit cheap, and use the bag that the wraps or the tortillas come in that often has a zip on the top of it, and you can reuse that by, you know, digging through your garbage. I'm pretty glamorous, Jen. (laughs) Um, I...
0: (laughs) I love it, Kate. The glamorous tips right here to keep it real.
1: And that way you can shove the wet clothes in there, as you would have heard when uh, when one of Jen's kids sat down in a river a few weeks ago. You can also pop your kid's um, foot inside the plastic bag to put it back inside a wet sneaker or boot if your kids are wearing those in the summer as well. So, really very lightweight option to have a plastic bag in there, but do not leave the house without one because you're going to need it as soon as you don't have it.
0: Yeah. One of the things I love in our bag that it's really small and doesn't take up a lot of space is we have an emergency first aid kit. Uh, we actually purchased this from Mountain Equipment Co-op years back, MEC. Um, it's like a little yellow, tiny bag. It's like the size of like a small Ziploc sandwich. Sandwich bag for for size reference, and in there it's got. I probably should double check, uh, but it does have a whole heap of band aids. <laughs> some just to make sure. Some band aids, some safety pins, um, some you know alcohol wipes. We have an emergency blanket in there, um, and another other small things as well. And that just lives in my hiking pack, whether I'm out for the day myself or with kids. I think it weighs like half a pound, if not less than that. It's one of those really light ones, Uh, but it just has a whole bunch of stuff in there. Um, And usually I pop in some aspirin or Tylenol as well, obviously for the adults, not necessarily for the children. Uh, But of course you could get injured when out with your kids too, or just maybe come down with a headache from the incessant whining uh, that you might encounter on the trail. So those aspirin and Tylenol might come in
1: handy. That's probably the most likely ailment is like, yeah. Um, particularly me, I I often get a sore neck, which results in like some pretty killer headaches. Um, and so, the person who's most likely to need the first aid kit is me needing ibuprofen. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't actually have that. It doesn't stay in our backpack, but it should because that can be like a showstopper for me if my neck is sore. Um, the other thing that I think, not I don't think you do this, Jen, but I do. I always have crayons in the backpack, even if we're going for a hike, and I always have some kind of small lightweight coloring book. The reason why is that we have been stuck, you know, if you've gone out for a long day um, and you need to stop somewhere and get food or you need to wait somewhere for something, we've had enough of those situations where the kids have gone just totally feral. I mean, they're feral most of the time. Anyway, that's cool. That's just part of being a kid. But, you know, if you're inside in a restaurant there has been so many times where we have been like, it would be great to be able to give them something to do. So, I have a little tiny handful of crayons in there. I've been told by my kids that I don't have enough color variety. So, I've gone back to the crayon box and pulled <laughs> made sure I've got a purple and a pink and a, a nice green um, and a little coloring book in there as well, which it feels unnecessary for a hike until you need to stop on the way home for something or, you know, you, you meet up with friends somewhere and your kids are going, I'm... Board, um, and then we we've been pulling it out quite a lot recently
0: yeah i do have that in the car all the time that's one of those things okay. that kind of lives in one of our car doors we've got uh, yeah we always have uh, a coloring book and some random crayons and a ziploc bag in the car door but i do like the idea of it in a backpack kind of as well like it kind of just gets you that like double assurances uh, for sure. Uh, Now, one of the things I love, and you know that I pull this out all the time, whether we're having a ladies' night hike or a kids' night hike, is my microfiber towel. Uh, This is a I'd say it's a decent size, like regular size towel when you unfold it. But when you wrap it up, it's super, super small. I think I actually stole this from like my parents' house like many, many years ago. because They, they did be use listening, it. Jen. A, Shh. I know, they're listening in. <laughs> I was a set of two towels. Um, and so the key is there's two towels. We actually keep one in the backpack all the time um, because even on the sunniest day, like today was a good example. It was sunny when we set out but the picnic tables were still a bit wet. So if you want to sit down somewhere on a log or at a picnic table, they can still be damp. Or as we use the towel later on today when we were sitting on the beach, me and you were a bit chilly and we were cold and our legs were freezing and we wrapped ourselves up in this little towel for like an extra just little bit of warmth. So it kind of come in handy
1: either way. It's kind of ironic that we're doing an episode about like what we pack as if we're never making mistakes on this. Because just to put this in perspective, today we went out and it was what like, 13 degrees or something. I ambitiously, optimistically wore shorts being like it'll warm up and a long sleeve top and that was it. I didn't have a jacket and I didn't have a sweater. But I did pack for my kids both their swimsuits and their raincoats. I don't know what I was thinking. And it was cold. It was like this is one of the most popular lakes in our area and there was absolutely no one there, which never ever happens because it's normally a lot warmer than that at this time of the year. Um and so yeah, we can talk about all these things, but bear in mind that I am not great at dressing myself. Every time we go out, I have to say to my partner like, "What should I wear, do you think?" And he's like Kate, you are 39 years old. It is time to learn how to dress yourself according to the weather. Um, and today I failed, which is why Jen's towel came in handy. We were the kids were didn't even it was notice. Cozy. They were in the water. The kids were
0: fine, though.
1: And we the were kids, wrapped I mean, up like grannies on the beach, like brr. Gee, it's <laughs> very cold. There's a draft our kids stripped off their sweaters and we're
0: literally half in the lake and being and on the beach by the time we got back to the car though i think kids have delayed cold onset because when we got back to the car my oldest kid it's like it just hit him then he's like oh my god mommy i think i'm frozen and i'm like yeah. yeah I, probably, I don't know yeah. how you're not more cold. You're soaking wet. It's free. <laughs> like it, okay, to put it in perspective, freezing cold for June. Not We shouldn't say it's we're yeah. not winter here. It's not freezing cold for winter, but cold for June. It was like it was 15 cold degrees. For a pair a of cold. Shorts. Yeah. It was cold for shorts. And, and when the sun came out earlier, it was quite nice. And then the sun went away. Uh, but a microfiber towel on that piece though, we also always keep a second towel in the trunk. Now you're like, Jen, Why would I keep another towel in the trunk? And because on more than one occasion back in the day, we would head out to the beach and we'd bring all the towels out to the beach. Now, children, you know, are not known for like their. I want to say like keeping to like their own things, you know, so I bring like there's four of us. Maybe I bring four towels. So kid, you know, goes for a swim, comes out, gets a towel. Kid goes back for a swim, comes back in, gets a different towel wet. And then somehow they roll around in the sand on all of the towels. So by the time you get back to the car, you're trying to dry yourself off or dry the kids off again. Still, you realize all of your towels are now wet and sandy and everyone's crying, including yourself. Uh, So now... I know that no matter how many towels I bring to the beach, we have to have a towel back at the car that definitely stays dry and sand free. So when everyone is back at the car and now freezing and now wet, I at least have one dry towel to quickly kind of shimmy everybody down, throw on some dry clothes and put them in the car
1: particularly because now you are the proud owner, Jen, of a Tesla. And you now – I mean, we didn't even announce it. You have a third child. You know, Congratulations <laughs> to you and your husband. You have a third child, Tessie, a Tesla. Um, and there is – I would take a, a I'd put money on it that there is no getting into that car wet or sandy. Uh, that, that car needs to be pristine. So, yes, that is an excellent tip, having the towel in there to make sure that uh, – everybody stays happy and that your third child stays nice and clean as well right
0: yeah it's mostly for it's mostly for Tessie the Tesla let's uh, let's be honest uh, Tessie the Tesla gets vacuumed though by my husband on like a near uh, daily basis though so uh, she's doing great <laughs> so far she's probably cleaner than my children are to be quite honest <laughs>
1: I mean, it's like they say with newborn babies, you can't spoil them. You just can't. You know, like when the people are like, oh, you, if you pay too much attention to the baby, you, maybe they'll get used to you being around, you'll spoil them. You can't. You can't spoil a Tesla by too much love and too much nice exactly. you know, care and, and keeping the sand out of it. Um. So, on that note, you know, the things that we keep in the car, probably in a neat box if you have a nice new- newer Tesla, um, our car is – much older and much more scratched up, mostly by me. So, we chuck the stuff randomly in the back. But we normally have our beach toys in there because we have had enough trips where the kids have not had a bucket and spade. And we're going to drop the link to our favorite beach toys in the show notes here because it's a hape set. It's a nesting set of buckets. And I have given this to so many people and have seen so many people use this set that Jen and I both have it, our friends have it. It's the only set you need. It folds up really nicely. It's got two shovels, two buckets. It's great for two kids. Um, And we always keep that, that lives in the car. We also keep things like wipes, um, a water bottle. If you go back to our epic fails and hear about how Jen nearly died from thirst, you were close to death. Um A few weeks back, you'll hear about why that one's so important. And the other thing Jen and I have said we'll both keep in the car is some kind of spare pants. And when your kids are our ages, the ages of our kids around three and six-ish, we're finding that they can actually, you can kind of get away with them wearing the same pair of same size. Um, so one kind of sparish, sparish,
0: <laughs> sparish. It's either spare or it's not spare, Kate. It's either spare
1: or it's not. (laughs) Spare-ish pair of pants or shorts in the car for that kid who got everything wet and can't even survive um, a trip home in whatever they're wearing. And you might not want to put them in totally naked. I don't know. Maybe you do. Who cares? Car seat. Um, Naked naked in car seats is a bit weird, though. You think of the buckle placement. (laughs) I mean, it gets a bit basic. You need at
0: least underpants on, for sure. (laughs)
1: That's true. Of all the things that I've had to put up with with kids, I don't think I've ever had them totally naked in the car seat for that reason. So, good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we wanted also, oh, I guess the other thing that we always have in the backpack and we actually now always have in our car as well is some kind of snack or treat that, you know, is going to entice your kid to do anything. Um, you know, all about, you know, having logical consequences for their actions and all those kind of things. But there are times when you need a simple bribe, a simple gummy bear bribe. And so we now have gummy bears that live permanently in the glove box, in the car and in the backpack. Um, and, They've gotten us out of a lot of situations where we thought we were kind of stuck. The other thing we want to talk about was our favourite things that our kids wear. So, the actual clothes and shoes that we really love. Um, And with all of these things, I want to point out that Jen and I are really, really not into buying new stuff. So, Jen in particular, I think you're pretty good at this. I do a pretty good job, I think, as well. We are always looking for second-hand gear. We're always looking on online on Facebook groups where people are selling stuff always looking out for people who are trying to pass on um, hand-me-downs and these kind of things because there's so much great gear out there. As our friend Kaylee has told us from Coast Kids Reshop, she has a kids' secondhand um, clothing shop on the Sunshine Coast. And she's told us so many facts, terrifying facts about how many clothes there are out in the world. Whenever you can, you don't need to buy new. And we really, really try and stick with that. Right, Jim?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it does get a bit harder as your kid gets older. Like when you're in like the baby stage, like the abundance of secondhand baby clothing is like outrageous. In fact, if you are A parent who's trying to get rid of baby clothes on some unsuspecting new parent. I remember just with the new parents being like, oh, just take these free boxes of clothes because by the end, you're so desperate to get rid of like baby clothes that you pass them on to some new parent being like, I'm sure you'll need these 400 buttoned up sleepers that
1: I literally never use, but please take them. Or the one that all the kid did was throw up once on it. And that's the only use. They didn't put a hole in them like our kids do now. They didn't rip them as they ran past a tree. None of that kind of use. Yeah. I think it has, gotten, it has gotten
0: harder as they get older, but I think the better the item, the more likely it is to hold, to hold up over time, right? So I think for some of those key pieces, they do hold up, especially when you're buying them from places like our favorite store, like Mountain Equipment Co-op or some of those other high-end gears. Those pieces do last, which is why it's nice to invest in them, whether that is new or whether you're able to find them secondhand in your community. Obviously, that's going to depend on where you live and what you have access to. Uh, but investing in some of those key pieces will last the whole season. I feel like we have one or two sun shirts per kid at a time, depending on if they're still can wear like last year's sun shirt or not. Sometimes it could last more than a year. And they pretty much wear that like the entire summer when we were outside hiking or at the beach or anytime we're out prolonged in the sun. And that's it. I look back at like the entire year's photos of, you know, summers from last photo and I'm like, oh, every photo looks the same because they're pretty much wearing the same gear all the time, but it works and it's easy.
1: Yeah. So the long sleeve sunshirt is awesome. We've got some really good lightweight ones recently as well. Um, and... Uh, yeah, they're nice and cool, but you don't have to put sun cream on all the time. They don't get a, a t-shirt tan, which as an Australian horrifies me when my kids have a t-shirt tan. I'm so ashamed. Um, the other thing that we love is a really good sun hat. Again as an Australian, uh, sun protection is always at the top of my mind, even when it's not particularly sunny. But the sun hats that we both have, we have I think we have different brands at the moment. Um, my kids are wearing a, one from Sunday Afternoons and it has like a, a sort of, it's a wide brimmed hat, has kind of rigid at the front and then that kind of floppy back part that covers their neck with a little toggle around the neck, which has been really useful. And they're super lightweight. You can shove those things in your bag and they still pop out pretty much fully intact. They dry quickly. They're lightweight, um, but the kids—I mean, they can see, but you can barely see them sometimes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have a similar think, one, right, Jim? Yeah,
0: very similar. Ours is from Jan and Jewel, and we love it. I did buy this new because I could not find it secondhand anywhere. Um, and anyway, we really sold it. My my oldest is in school this year, and so when he's at school, he has to put on his own sunscreen by himself. And I think after day one of attempting to put on sunscreen on his face, but. She, I mean, kids putting on sunscreen on their own face. This is like a non-starter.
1: No,
0: I I need it. Yeah, he was like, mom, can't you just buy me a bigger hat? And I was like, absolutely. And so we picked one out together online. We looked at the patterns. It's the same kind of idea. It's a super like wide brim and covers the back And it has a uh, a chin strap. But what it means is he really doesn't need face sunscreen, especially when he's just outside at recess and things like that. Like it's really, really well covered. Um, So I feel pretty confident that on most days outside, um, he doesn't need sunscreen for those durations. Obviously, we're going hiking the entire day in the sun. I would still put on face sunscreen on him. But it gives me the peace of mind in those situations, especially where I'm not there at school, that he is very, very well covered. And like Kate said, it's actually lighter than a ball cap. Like a ball cap is actually heavier and bulkier um, than this hat just the way the material is and the way it packs down.
1: The other thing for summer adventures that we uh, obviously have to think about is shoes and footwear. Um, And there are a couple of different types of footwear that we have kind of found we just don't need. Um, And, you know, up until the age of our kids at the moment, like I said earlier, our kids are about three and six right now. um, We haven't found that we've really needed Proper hiking shoes or hiking sandals, even. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's brands like Keen and Merrill that do like the hiking sandal or kids hiking shoes. Um, and. They can be great, but they can be really expensive. Um, And those ones are really hard to find secondhand. I just think until you start doing anything, you know, until you start going more than about 4Ks maybe, um, which has not been in the realm of possibility for us because of our little one who's sort of limited by her, I don't know, leg length and strength, um, we haven't (laughs) really been able to get away with just like regular sneakers. Um, so, I think it's, it is it is something that is often marketed to parents as something that you need for your little kids. But we've found that sneakers can get – you can get by pretty well with sneakers um if you're not doing anything too long and too kind of hardcore, and particularly if you're not going out on too many wet summer days. Um, as for the sandal part – I haven't had any luck yet getting my kids into any of those keen sandals. I had picked up a couple pairs secondhand, but they have not been a fan. I find it really hard, Jen, to have sandals because by definition, sandals have holes in them, but holes in them means sand gets in them. And every kid I've ever met seems to be very, very sensitive to sand in their shoes. So, we use natives. We've had a lot of um, pairs. We We often pick them up secondhand or get hand-me-downs from friends and family. Um, And they've been good, but they they obviously have holes in them too. I don't know what the answer is there, except once you find a brand that you like, you need to be trawling secondhand sites all the time. (laughs) I'm looking in secondhand shops and hoping to come across them because you don't want to mess with what works. So natives work relatively well for us, um, but they're definitely not perfect. Yeah. And for us, we've had the opposite
0: experience. My second kid, like my first kid was all into the natives for a period of time. And then I kept them for kid number two. My second kid will not even put them on because he wore them once. And of course, we're at the beach and they have holes in them. And so the water and the sand got in immediate panic freak out that there was sand in his shoes. So for my second kid, like sandals barely work. He's pretty much like, no, I'll just wear running shoes all the time. Mm. Um, so that's why there's no point investing in sandals. My second kid will honestly, he's either like, I will be at the beach barefoot because you obviously can be at the, in a, you know, depending on the beach, if it's sandy or he just wears his running shoes. We have one pair of sandals that are a maybe, but again, if they get too sandy, it's a hard, it's a hard no. Um, so again, foot sensitivity is a weird one. Like some kids just don't care at all. My second kid is like, absolutely. I don't want to touch the sand with my feet until I'm ready to touch it. And then it's barefoot. And then as, I mean, as Kate witnesses often, how do we get him back to the car? You might ask. That's a great question. My husband must Carry him. We must wash his feet in the lake, and then he must be carried without his feet touching the ground again back to the car. And our car he's is parked so below, where cute, you park at the though. lake. He's so I know, cute. know, every time he is freaking cute. But you've seen it happen every single time. Oh, How do we so get him back funny. to the car? My husband must carry him because there's absolutely no way he will get his wet feet back into sandals or shoes. So, best of luck. Best of luck to you all. <laughs>
1: Um, one of the other things that we think you don't need uh, in the summer—that I mean—they're kind of fun for a moment. But my kids absolutely never keep sunglasses on. If you're looking at baby sunglasses in particular, you know the ones that have the strap around the back of
0: them. Oh my! They are adorable, <laughs> though. They're so they're adorable, adorable.
1: But holy moly, my kids. Did not wear those. So, I would say baby sunglasses in particular, no. If your kid's interested um, in sunglasses a little later, maybe. Um, And in some place, parts of the world, you know, it's important to protect your kid's eyes because of the, you know, how much time they're spending outside – but I would love to know how you keep them on because my kids are not great at them and and I have lost we have lost so many pairs of sunglasses. It is bananas. Um and so I would say they're more of an optional one for us in our climate and the sort of the angle of the sun. It's not the end of the world. Um particularly with a massive hat on. <laughs> well exactly.
0: I think the hat trumps the hat trumps the glasses for me. Like if you have a really good hat, you don't need the glasses. My kids think glasses are great for like five minutes and then they just come off immediately. So mm. we have same thing. We have sunglasses for our kids. We encourage them to wear it. And occasionally they will. But it's just for me, I'm like, just get the hat on their head. They're covered. Like that's the wind, That's the better sun protection. And the glasses sometimes get warm, but it's pretty rare.
1: Just to go back on the shoe thing for just a tick as well, Um, we had, if you missed our episode with uh, physio Megan Mack a couple of months ago, she really stressed the importance of shoes and uh correct fitting shoes and shoes that your kids don't have to kind of keep like hold on to their feet with their toes and with the muscles in their feet. So, on that, things that you don't need. Kids flip-flops I have found to be a disaster. My kids have wiped out so many times in flip-flops. I I'm just like this is not worth it. It's almost it's probably better for them to be barefoot than to try and hold on to flip-flops and after talking to Megan the physio we had on a few weeks a few months back I see now why. Um so yeah, I'd file flip-flops under things you don't need for summer as well. Yeah, I think we only use
0: flip-flops like at the beach. Again for my oldest kid because again my youngest kid hard no on the sandals. My, my oldest kid like flip-flops are good from like walking to the car down to the beach, the flip-flops come off walking from the beach back to the car. That's about the that's about it. Cause it's true you think flip-flops are cute outside and then you see your kid running them for eight steps and wipe out like every time every I don't know time. when the wipeouts every time though. It's just, we had to be like, don't run They're flip flops. Cause otherwise they just, they eat it so hard and their poor little knees in the summer. When we are out hiking today, we're like, Oh my gosh, kids knees in the summer are just like scab over scab, bruise over bruise, which is part of childhood and growing up. But I, but I do feel for their little knees.
1: Yeah. I mean, in shorts, they're sort of, they're very vulnerable. And I feel like my three-year-old has been falling over almost every day and grazing. <laughs> it's, rough. Um, One last piece of gear that I like to put our kids in uh, that if you find them secondhand, they're gold. Uh, There's some Patagonia kids shorts called baggies. And my kids were gifted some a couple of times throughout their kind of baby and toddlerhood. And I managed to pick up a pair secondhand brand new tags still on. Yes. um, For my oldest kid recently. And those shorts are amazing. So if you happen to find them in a secondhand group, if you're buying them new, they're pretty expensive. Um, They do last very well. They seem to repel the dirt somehow. I don't know how that's possible. They dry really quickly. But um, if you happen to find them in a secondhand group or secondhand shop, snap them up because those have been awesome. So, all this gear. I think what we, you know, the main thing we wanted to say about our favorite things for summer is keep it really simple. You know, we don't need a whole lot of new stuff other than all the things that are going to now target you from Instagram ads or on Facebook <laughs> because we've said all the names of these brands and things, you really – you can keep it very simple. I think the things that we keep in our backpack and the things we keep in our car are probably the most useful tips. I would love somebody have told, to, to have told me all this stuff before I started going out on summer adventures because we have really, really learnt the hard way. And our hope without well, with our entire podcast, Jen, is that you can learn from our messy, muddy mistakes, the times we've had – all kinds of things go wrong and you don't have to go through that. (laughs) You can learn from our experience here. We'll pop in a list into the um, show notes as well of all the things that we've mentioned and the things that you can skip. Um, We also have a list over on our website at www.getoutsidewithkids.com where we list out our favourite things there. If you are looking to buy new or if you're looking for the names of the items that we've mentioned, you can always find our our favourite things there under our favourite things, appropriately named. Um, (laughs) Appropriately uh, named. Just, keep in mind that we always always recommend looking for secondhand first so even if you go over there and take a look at the names of those items then you can go search for them in your favorite secondhand shopping group
0: awesome well thanks so much for listening in we'd love to know if you have any other extra items to share and stay tuned and make sure you hit subscribe as we'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast and we hope to see you outside on the trails